play. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers over all wrongs. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes the city. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offence. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. If a wise person goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs, and there is no peace. An angry person stirs up conflict, and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. In hindsight, I'm not sure that was the easiest thing to follow, but (laughs) I hope you could do that. Uh, Let us commit this time to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we consider uh, this important topic of anger, we do pray that you would uh, reveal in us, what does it say about us as people? But more than that, I pray, Father, that it would, in all these things, point us to the gospel. And once again, show both our need for, for grace and for your redemption, but more than that, also show the great joy of what we have in Jesus. And so I just pray, Lord, that this morning and these next few moments that you would truly work in us and speak to us through your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, anger. It is certainly something that you and I have all experienced. Something that someone said. Offense that was taken. A painful Action or hurt received, all leading to that hot, fiery feeling of anger boiling up within us. That's unfair. That's not right. That's not how it should be. That's what our our hearts can cry out. Maybe even our mouths or hands play it out in rapid response as we react in anger, striking out in some way in response to what's happened. How are we to view this important emotion? Is it good or bad? What does it lead to? What does it reveal about ourselves? And ultimately, how does the Bible call us to respond and handle it? These are some of the questions that we uh, will consider as we consider the wisdom found in Proverbs as as we come to try and tackle and deal with our anger as we gain wise and practical insight about this turbulent and fiery emotion. And I think when it comes to wanting to gain wisdom, this is something that our culture in general likes to do. To become wise. Who doesn't want to become wise in life? 
think this is evident in our education that we have. We can learn all types of things today. But not just that. The many self-help books that are uh, flooded in the, the marketplace of books that are sort of available to, available to us at our fingertips. Whether it's to get rich and manage your finances, resumes for dummies, even kittens for dummies. I'm not lying, there was that book. And yes, even anger management for dummies. And so out of all the books of the Bible, I think many people are especially drawn to a book like Proverbs for this very reason, that we want to gain advice that it contains. And like a parent or a school teacher or a mentor, in many ways that is kind of what Proverbs is. But unlike other wisdom literature of its day or the many self-help books that are available to us on the shelf in our day, what makes Proverbs unique is the foundation and source of its wisdom. Grounding its wisdom in the source of all wisdom in God above and His righteous ways. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so as we consider this important topic of anger from its pages, not only do we want to glean the helpful practical wisdom that it provides, but we also want to consider how that same, very same wisdom is available to us from God and His gospel. Furthermore, my aim this morning is not to try and cover everything, but simply the key insights that Proverbs has to teach us about anger. And so what do we learn from its pages? Well, I think the first and key insight that we learn from Proverbs is the danger of being quick to anger. Multiple times, Proverbs warns against being quick to anger. Quick to blow steam out of your ears or blow your lid off in situations. Why? Because according to Proverbs, it reveals something tragic about humanity. That we are fools at heart. Again, Proverbs 12.16 says, Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. Proverbs 14.17, A man of quick temper acts foolishly. It's important that we understand what Proverbs means when it calls those who are angry fools. This term in Proverbs, being a fool, means to lack wisdom in some area of your life. Being someone who doesn't fully appreciate or understand the consequences of their unwise choices and behavior. In the ultimate sense, to be foolish fails to hold God at the center of your life or one particular area of your life. In this way, as imperfect sinners we all are, all of us still have the capacity in some way to act foolishly. And so we need the wisdom that Proverbs provides. And so when it comes to anger, Proverbs says, don't be quick to anger. This isn't saying never become angry. For there are legitimate reasons to feel anger. When someone lies behind, uh, behind your back, or when a husband or wife cheats on their partner, or someone gives, you a, 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 gives your child a bloody nose at the school ground, 
It's normal to get angry when wrong is done against us. And in fact, Proverbs itself describes God getting angry with us because of our sin. Proverbs 8.13, God says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. In Ephesians 4.23, the Apostle Paul counsels us and says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. In other words, be willing to deal with it. Proverbs then is a warning against this trait of being quick to lose your cool. But also, how we are to act even when angry. You will know if this is your particular struggle this morning. If you are prone to become angry easily, Proverbs warns against this trait. And yet, even if this isn't something that you struggle with deeply, all of us can learn from what Proverbs has to say here because we can all think of a time that we probably have lost our cool. Or perhaps there's a fellow Christian brother or sister or someone that you can get alongside who they are struggling with this. Why does Proverbs speak so strongly against this human tendency? Well, because it can be so destructive to human relationships. It has the tendency of escalating things rather than de-escalating it. Like a grass fire that quickly spreads. Chapter 10, verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. 15.1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 17.14, the beginning of strife is like letting out water, so quit before the quarrel breaks out. Like a dam letting out its destructive forces, all that water pouring out when anger runs wild. In this way, anger can, according to Proverbs, ruin that blissful dinner party or event. Proverbs 15.17, better is a dinner of herbs where love is, than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Now, I'm sorry if you're a vegan here or vegetarian. This is written in a different time. But it's saying there, I think we get the point. You can ha- have a really plain meal, but if, and, and have, if there's love there, then you can really enjoy yourself. But if you have the best meal you can think of, but there's anger, it just ruins the whole experience. It also makes you pointless to argue with. Proverbs 29, verse 9. If a wise man has an argument with a fool, the fool only rages and laughs, and there is no quiet. Furthermore, people probably shouldn't hang out with you. You're not going to make the best friend, because your bad uh, bad behavior might influence them. Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in in a snare. According to Proverbs, ultimately, if left unchecked, anger leads to sin and a ruined life. In this way, God allows us to experience the folly of our willful actions. 29 verse 22, a man of wrath stirs up strife and one given to anger causes much transgression. Such a person is left angry with God who is allowing them to experience where their actions lead. 
We see this in Proverbs 19 verse 3. When a man man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. I think in this way, the message of Proverbs is quite clear. Anger is a powerful emotion that can so easily get the better of us and cause so much damage if left unchecked. It must be controlled, lest it control and overpower us. And it certainly is an issue that is present in our wider community. With family domestic related criminal offences rising year upon year the past few years. Now, I'm sure there are many factors to these statistics, but uncontrolled anger will no doubt be part of it. I wonder if you've seen its destructive force at play. Family members or people who are close friends who no longer talk to each other, all because of that one fiery exchange with one another. Someone who lost their job, perhaps, for that one angry phone call with a customer. Maybe you are here this morning and you actually have received great hurt because of someone else's anger. You know firsthand the damage that it can cause. If being quick to anger is your trait, God warns you and says, you must change, you must change your ways. Otherwise, you risk bearing its consequences. And so that's the first thing that Proverbs teaches us this morning, that being quick to anger is something we should fight and and not pursue. It's a trait that, that leads down an unwise path. Over and against this, Proverbs teaches us the second key thing. It teaches us the benefit of being slow to anger. Proverbs deems being slow to anger so important that it repeats it four times throughout the book. Why? Because rather than being a fool, it reveals that you're someone who is wise and understanding. Someone of real, genuine character. 14 verse 29, Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. In Proverbs 16.32, whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Proverbs 19 verse 11, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. I mean, how, how is it his glory? What does it mean there? Because such a person doesn't need the approval of others as their primary source of identity and value. Their character is solid enough that they can take a hit and rather than getting angry themselves, still know that what counts most is God's opinion of them. Not only this, but this characteristic of being slow to anger is something that might be admired by others as they see that characteristic in you, leading in your end to glory rather than insult, as others see your valuable character. Slow to anger is wise because it shows you as someone who is willing to first seek out the reasons why people might be behaving or acting in the way that they are before you get angry. Uh, How many fights and arguments start in marriages for unnecessary reasons? 
It's not until halfway through the argument that either one of you realize why your spouse is angry in the first place. And it has nothing to do with either of you. I wonder if you've experienced that yourself. Guilty as charged. But rather than um, you find out that halfway through the conversation, it's that difficult customer or that student that they had to deal with throughout the day. And if you had understood that first, it could have avoided the whole argument to begin with. In this way, being slow to anger tends to do the opposite of being quick to anger. It halts the destructive force, the forces of anger. Proverbs 15 verse 18, A hot-tempered person, uh, man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Perhaps one of the most extraordinary examples that I've come across of the benefit of being slow to anger uh, came during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Back in 1962, on October 27, uh, there's a Russian nuclear submarine named B-59 and is hiding in Cuban waters at the time. When numerous United States vessels discovered it and circled the submarine, like a swarm of vultures circling around its prey. The US ships at the time attempted to force the submarine to the surface by dropping powerful explosives in the water to try and force it to come up. Unknown by the US at the time, if directly attacked and agreed upon by the three officers on board, this submarine had orders to launch their nuclear weapons on the US. And indeed, under the huge pressure and stress of that moment, that's initially what the Captain Savisky ordered. If it wasn't for the calm, cool-headed officer, Vasily Arkhipov, these are Russian names, I might be saying them wrong, if he didn't persuade the captain to do otherwise, to cool off, that day might have been the start of a nuclear war. Now, if that story is true, which I, I believe it is, that is an extraordinary example of the benefit of being slow to anger and controlling your emotions. Now, you and I might not be most likely not going to be in that same position of having to press that button. But the principle for us is exactly the same. Slow to anger is a powerful force for good in a world prone to becoming quick to anger. Is being slow to anger you this morning? If you ask your closest friends or a close family member the question, am I slow to anger? What would they say to you? Ultimately, being slow to anger leads to the ultimate good. How? Because it reveals how you and I are someone who is humble enough and willing enough to listen to God's word and take it to heart. Such a person, such a heart is extremely precious and valuable in God's eyes. Let me read from from James 1. Verse 19 to 20, there it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. 
when it comes to anger, then the Bible's message is clear. The way of wisdom calls out to us. What path will you choose this morning? Will you choose the path of being quick to anger? A path and a way that leads to ruin, to more sin, and to death to relationships. And ultimately for God's judgment against sin. Or will you choose the, the path of life? The, part of, uh, the path of being slow to anger? A path that allows relationships to flourish to God's righteousness and ultimately to life as you listen and heed God's word. This leads us this morning to the last, the third and final thing that we can learn about anger. We find that Proverbs points to the gospel that helps us with our anger. In this way, Proverbs teaches and points to the source of all wisdom, a wellspring of wisdom that is comes from outside of ourselves, coming from God himself. In chapter 2, verse 6 in Proverbs says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. In his word, in the message of the Bible as a whole, we see how the wisdom of God comes to us through none other than Jesus Christ himself, the word become flesh, the very wisdom of God dwelling amongst us. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the prophet there predicts the coming of this Messiah, this wonderful counselor full of wisdom. In a couple chapters after that, in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11, it speaks of the Spirit of the Lord who will rest upon this Messiah. The Spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, strength, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And indeed, we know this to be Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, Paul calls Jesus the wisdom of God. Why is Jesus the wisdom of God? Because as God... Jesus came down in human flesh to dwell among us, bringing God's heavenly wisdom down to us here on earth. But not just down to us in some general sense, in a very specific sense, in a specific way. To God's people, this wisdom is available to us through believing in this Messiah and coming under his kingship. Jesus opens the heavenly storehouses of wisdom to us by believing in him granting us access to God. Through dying on the cross and rising from the dead, Jesus took away our sin that prevented us from knowing God and having access to this wisdom. And he poured the Holy Spirit out on us, that same spirit of wisdom on his people. If you are a Christian, Christ's life is now your life. His wisdom becomes our wisdom. What does this spirit of wisdom have to do with our anger? Because it's that Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, who powerfully works in our hearts, in the hearts of believers, to create a life that is fitting for God and His perfect nature. In Galatians 5, Paul there gives us great insight into the supernatural change that happens in the human heart 
once the Holy Spirit takes up residence in it. If you compare verses 19 and 22 there, we see this comparison between the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. Rather than being driven by sinful passions and desires, including fits of anger, instead, Paul says that the Holy Spirit works in believers to give us the fruit of the Spirit, including patience, gentleness, and self-control. Um, with this perspective and reliance upon the Holy Spirit, we can begin to overcome our anger that our hearts are at times prone towards. There's a danger that as we read Proverbs and consider its teaching, that we simply turn it instead to moralism, just like any other self-help book on the market. It's when we say in our heart of hearts, if only I try hard enough, jump high enough, keep at it long enough, then I'll be good enough, then I can overcome my anger. But to do so makes yourself your own saviour. Something, quite frankly, you and I are not qualified to be. Instead, the message of the gospel is clear. We cannot overcome our sinful tendencies, whatever they are, anger or otherwise. In all these things, we need God's help. We need Jesus. Jesus has the power to change us, to give us new life, his life, to grant us self-control. And so this morning, if that is you, if you are struggling with anger this morning, can I encourage you to turn to Jesus, the one who received God's anger against sin on that cross, all for you, to save you. Let me lead us in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, your word declares you to be someone slow to anger. Indeed, in Psalm 103, verse 8, you say, The Lord there is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Father, we want to thank you that uh, you did save us from our evil tendencies, from our anger, from ways that don't please you. Father, as we consider what does it mean to live a wise life with understanding, Father, we pray that you would work in us this, this day. Help us to see our need for you and come to you humbly asking for help. And Father, you are so ready to give help and we want to thank you for that. Ultimately, we want to thank you for the cross of Jesus where when you went to that cross, you didn't get angry, but you understood that what you were doing was what was your mission in this, in this, when you came to this world. That rather than getting angry, you had sorrow for what where sin led. But you knew that it was the wisdom of God for you to die on that cross. Because three days later, you would rise again gloriously and overcome our sin and give new life to all who believe. And so, Father, may we be those people who truly believe in you and come to you and may you do a great work in us and save us and change our sinful ways. Help us to walk the way of wisdom in this world. Father, we want to pray particularly for anyone, again, who doesn't know you this morning. Father, will you graciously reveal yourself to them? May they see their need for you, that they can't have it all together without you.
but that you are the one that washes us, us clean and gives us all that we need in Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.